When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Blue Wire. It's over! Cleveland is a city of champions once again! The Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton, Darius Garland. Here comes Sexton. Some ribbon. And he got it! Young Ball continues to wear him up! Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I'm your host, Justin Rowe, with my co-host, Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how's it going, buddy? Well, I just got done watching, uh, you know, my favorite team uh, humiliate themselves and a pretty devastating uh, uh, loss, but enough about the Cowboys. Uh, (laughs) The Cavaliers are back. It's our first podcast since the preseason started. Uh, Not exactly jumping on at the hypest of times as the Cavaliers just endured a 50-point drubbing against the Boston Celtics. But, you know, uh, yeah, you, you know, okay. you, you can't You can't win them all. The, the first two preseason games were very encouraging, and then you kind of get this B-squad end-of-bench tryout game. Uh, one thing that is encouraging, though, is that we a trend from previous years. When Tristan Thompson is not in, the Boston Celtics play well. And even though Al Horford isn't there anymore, the spirit of Al Horford is still alive and well in Boston. That's a really good spin, Justin. I'm proud of you for getting there. <laughs> proud of me for uh, getting the sentence off or, or thinking that way? Um, all, I mean, across the board. Um, <laughs> the fact that you tried to turn that into a positive, what happened today, hey. is, uh, is truly amazing. <laughs> it is my brand, like, let's be honest. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm still in a good mood because we've gone so long without basketball and now we finally have some things to talk about. Um, as I mentioned before, this was kind of an end of bench tryout. I, I don't know if you have any impressions about the, the guys that are kind of fighting for roster spots here. Um, Dean Wade, I, I think he's looked pretty good. I think Sundarius Thornwell has kind of earned uh, a roster spot, 
Um, I, I like his defense, and, and he showed a little bit in this game. I got to say, though, Jarrell Martin might be one of the most painful basketball players I've ever attempted to watch. I, I want nothing to do with this guy uh, on the Cavs this season. Yeah, I mean, I remember when we were talking about this during the regular season, but it's just like you forget how painful end-of-bench guys are on the worst teams in the league. <laughs> it's it's really ugly, man. Like, and when you're right on the fringe of this team, oof. <laughs> the, the importance of the veterans was very, very clear as the Cavs sack Kevin Love, uh, Darius Garland, Tristan Thompson. The veterans. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm counting Garland in there. Look. No, it's really impressed me, and I, I want to see if you agree with this. I think Tristan Thompson's been the best Cavs player so far through preseason. Like, he yeah, is, yeah. he's really stood out. And some of that might just be when things are a little ugly and they're figuring things out, Tristan is going to shine in those type of games. But he really does look healthy. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was good all last season, too, when he was, when he was out there. And, you know, you can never even – you can never really tell how much uh, a guy sitting has to do with – on a team like the Cavs. Like, you can't really tell the extent to which that is just your good old-fashioned, we're trying to lose on purpose and your knee kind of hurts, so why would we have you out here? Right. But, yeah, I honestly think he's looked great. I thought he looked great all last season, too. And, you know, I I, I don't know if anyone's going to try to trade for a guy like that, but I'll I'll certainly be sad to see him go because he's one of the only guys on the team who actually can finish in the pick-and-roll and kind of knows how to set the screen and window release. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought he's been really, really good. Um, Love, you know, has really barely played. Um, yeah, which you can tell he's okay. still a little bit rusty. And, and we saw some of that last season as well when he was starting out. I mean, we're really about six years removed from him being healthy and playing in this type of a role. So I think there is going to be a bit of an adjustment period there, but... Um, I, I did find it interesting that uh, Chris Fedor had basically said the the Cavs have identified their starting lineup. It's what we saw in those first two games, with the exception of one guard spot, which is obviously that one that's kind of up in the air. Uh, Brandon Knight started uh, one game there. Uh, Delhi started another game. And then, uh, I, again, against Boston, Delhi was the starter. And I, I think that that's the, the spot where, at some point in the very near future, I would assume, uh, Darius Garland is going to be starting in that spot. Yeah, they've um, uh, I mean, his recent injury aside, they've been pretty delicate with Garland's minutes um, early on. And can I? I know we just started the podcast, Justin. Yeah, but if you can allow me to be a big fucking bummer for a second. Oh God, I had a I had an anxious thought that only comes with um liking teams that uh have not historically worked out that well in a non-LeBron context. But I, I was just thinking about Garland. He tweaked his uh, ankle, I believe, against the Pistons. That's and, correct. Yep. And I just thought, is, and I'm not saying this is going to happen or that it's even a, a rational thought. It's in fact, an irrational thought. But I thought, is this going to be like, what if this is the Darius Garland tenure? Oh, just my like, God. Minor maladies. If you're going to be sad, do it quicker. Oh, 
That just scared me. It, I just got the thought passed through my head and it knocked me <laughs> on my ass. And then I was like, Carter, you're a fucking dumbass. You're like, an, yeah, you are an asshole. Come on. No, not an asshole, a dumbass. There's a difference. Um, and it's clearly not mutually a dumb exclusive, thought. though. Let's be honest. That's fair. That's fair. You can't rule out both. But yeah, I think that ultimately, like, you look at this guy, like, he did miss all last season. And I think that's what spooked me. Yeah. Um, and, but you know, he, he said it himself, like I've never missed time with injuries before. So it was really hard for me to be gone that long. And obviously they're going to be careful with him. It's right, the right. preseason. Uh, it was like this, like only like, it was like such a loser thought to pot pass through my head. I immediately resented myself for having it because you should, because <laughs> I, because I do want to take this, this bit of negativity to talk about our early impressions because Unlike Kevin Porter, who, you know, in game one immediately was just out, out firing. Right. Um, but, like, I, I think Garland's been a little more measured in his play, but I've been very encouraged. What have you seen? Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed by him. Um, I don't know what it says about the state of our current guards, but when he's out there, I feel most confidence about the off are most confident about the offense being run properly. Um, he just has a really nice sense of when to shoot, when to pass. And, and maybe some of that's going to go away uh, in the regular season when he finds his rhythm. Um, he is a score first point guard, but he made some really nice reads in those first two games. Um, just uh, decision-making that we don't really see with any of our guards. A nice lob to Larry Nance. Um penetrating easily getting into the lane and finding open shooters i have just been really encouraged by him um he, he seems to have a maturity and uh he he seems to be just kind of not not a pure point guard but what a modern point guard is in today's nba and and that that to me is encouraging yeah i've got a little bit of a gripe early on with how garland's being talked about from i mean like again we don't really have a lot of data to back this up but there's like this discussion of like because he also has some a suspect reputation as a playmaker that he and sexton are just equivalent playmakers and i think that seems at least from an early on perspective to not be the case it it feels like garland has a much and and again this is not to pit anyone against sexton who i think has plenty of potential as a as a score volume create shot creator but like you watch garland play and it does seem like he has a much better understanding and inherent understanding of space and structure offensively no i I completely agree and they have different strengths and weaknesses right like i i think with garland um he's probably a stronger shooter i i think his vision's a little bit better than sexton he just plays at an easier pace like he's kind of like like, you know, like I, I think if Sexton's got a, a – if you've got a gripe against Sexton early on, it's that he just plays too fast all the time. Right, and, right. And, and, like and that's something I do like. Easy going. Like, he's got that thing that certain players have, and I think Kyrie had this to a certain extent as well, which is like the game never feels like it's moving super fast for him. Right, and if you are going with a two-guard look, it is nice that you do have that variance where Sexton, I, I think if they're looking to push the ball, if they get a stop or a turnover, uh, the, the Jets are going to go off. Like he, He's going to get up and down the court in a hurry, whereas Garland, I think, can kind of facilitate a little more in the half court and run it. And that was part of the scouting report on him too, was that 
his vision is better than the passing numbers indicated or his assist numbers indicated. Yeah. And, and that's encouraging. And we, I mean, we don't really want them to be the same player. Like, I, I don't think there's any sense in limiting what Sexton can be. I, I think he's, sure. his work ethic has given him the benefit of the doubt. But at this point, I, I think that the best course of action is to game plan around what their current strengths are. And, and I, I really think that that's the approach that the Cavs have with Sexton, where it's, all right, we understand that right now your strength is primarily as a scorer and someone that's going to get to the rim. Um, so we are going to have that second playmaker with you. Um, and I, I've been impressed with Sexton as well. I, he had a tough game here against Boston. But I kind of feel like a little bit of an idiot because we talked about the difference him getting stronger would make. And we primarily talked about that as a defensive thing. We really neglected to mention that that's going to help him get to the line. Like if you look at his free throw rate in college, it was up over 55%. Whereas that was cut in half last season with the Cavs and he was just he was skin and bones he was not able to draw contact at all and in that Detroit game especially they had trouble staying in front of him he was getting to the rim he was drawing contact and he was getting to the line and you had that with his three-point shot and I think he's it's really going to help him have an efficient season this year yeah I mean uh I guess we're just done talking about Darius Garland she sorry sorry muscle watch over here um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Sexton, like I, we talked about this last year, It's uh, if you're going to be a guard that is not an excellent, excellent, excellent playmaker, that means you are going to need to be a very efficient scorer. What does that mean? It means you either have to be a really, really good shooter or you have to really get to the three – or you really need to be able to get to the free throw line because those are the most efficient buckets in the game right now. And early on in the season, Sexton was doing neither. Right, he was he was just a steady diet of mid range shots, whether they went in or not. Uh, it was just like it was so hard for him to get past the, you know, get as many points as shots he took uh, mm-hmm. threshold. You know, like if you want to look as much as we don't like him, you look at James Harden. No matter what kind of shots he took, he'll have seventeen free field goal attempts and thirty seven points, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's kind of like that's the dream uh, in terms of efficiency and. We we saw Sexton start taking way more threes uh, at the end of last year and continued to hit them at a very high rate, but he still couldn't get to the line. If he's getting to the line, that just kind of changes everything, and it requires defenses to guard him at multiple levels, requires them to be a little bit more careful with how they defend him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, just, it just makes him – I don't know if it expands his game, but it allows him to be better in the role that he's in. That, that the Cavs need him to be in. No, I, I completely agree. And it's not necessarily that I was done talking with Darius Garland. I just feel like a lot of our conversations around both Garland and Sexton are going to be intertwined all year because how those two grow together is basically the, the most important storyline of this season. Um, and I do find it interesting that even though they've been staggered somewhat um, through these preseason games, even when the other one's not out there, they're not the ones bringing up the ball. Uh, Beeline has made a, a point of emphasis that someone else is going to bring up the ball almost every other time. There's been the few kind of breakouts in transition where Sexton will bring it up. Uh, but if they're inbounding, they will look at him. He'll be the closest guard, and they will pass it to Delhi. They will pass it to uh, Jordan Clarkson. And um, I, I think that 
you can tell that even though they're not playing together yet, they're trying to prepare them for what that role is going to be. And they're trying to get both of them comfortable playing off ball. I'd love for some of the beat guys to, to kind of pry and really get into the thinking, but from what I can see that that's my best guess on what they're trying to accomplish there with that. Yeah. I mean, they kind of did this last year for a bit too, or they'd let kind of whoever got the board, take the ball up and try to press on the defense, at least early on before everyone's souls were crushed. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think both guys are going to have to get comfortable playing off the ball. Uh, but I will say, man, uh, with Garland, uh, that 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 kid shoots a really easy jumper. It was really oh really God. nice to see. He's I think he's only t- hit one threat. He's one for two uh, in his like fourteen total minutes uh, so far this preseason. But man, it just looks so nice coming off his hands. And when you're able to do that in that defense, like the Cavs had exactly zero players who could stretch a defense like that uh, on ball. Um, I, I just need to see more of a man. I like, yeah. I, I really, I would be so sad if there was the type of injury you were referring to earlier, because I, I need to see a lot more of this guy. He, it, it really, he impressed me when he was out there. Like there's just a confidence that he plays with and the game comes so naturally to him that I, I just want to see him out there with Kevin Love. I, I don't know what this season is going to be or, or what form it's going to take. But I, I want a good – give me a couple months of them playing together and, and see what happens. I, I just – I really need to see that. Yeah, it's funny. You kind of said that this season would be defined by Garland and Sexton's intermingling. It almost feels to me like if Kevin Love's going to stay on this team, which it seems like right now he's going to. Right. Um, I almost care more about the way Garland plays with Love. Like – them developing a two-man chemistry, um, love making life easier on Garland, Garland learning how to how to play with a really, really talented big who can do a lot of different things, um, them developing a two-man game. that That's like the most fun outcome of the season because I think just based on Sexton's play style, and of course we don't know Garland's play style really yet, um, but based on Sexton's play style, I just think like Sexton's always going to be a little bit what he is He'll just right. be either good or bad in right. that, you know, in that context. But when I think about Garland and love, that's why I really like set. I can see like that partnership really blossoming or I can find it kind of being like a little toothless. And like the, the, if that, if we find that blossoming, then I think that's where we're going to get the Cavs being really fun to watch. Right. And if Garland develops chemistry with Love early on, I, I think that's also a, a good sign that he can play off of another high-usage player, similar yep. to what Damian Lillard had when he first arrived in Portland with LaMarcus Aldridge. Even if it's not Kevin Love, even if he gets moved down the road, it, it's still a good thing to know that he is able to play alongside a, a high-usage player, that um, a, another all-star. Uh, well, we have he, so many stars that right now in the league, I mean, guys who we shit on pretty regularly, right? Harden and Westbrook, who no matter who they're playing with, they don't seem to play any different. Right. And, and, and I'm just like, I, even if those guys are amazing, like it always feels like you hit a brick wall. You want guys that seem to be able to play in the context of something larger or in the context of someone larger. Like, and, like, that's kind of why I want to see how Garland and Love play together. 
I, I think that's a really, really good point because as much as we want to see Sexland work out, um, what Sexton does right now is kind of independent, right? Like he's a go get a bucket. And if his game grows, you, you'll make adjustments from there. But uh, he, they're not really going to be playing off of each other a whole lot. I, I can't anticipate that. Um, that 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 would be really nice, though, if Garland and Love kind of develop that chemistry. And um, we talked about this on, on the podcast with uh, Kelsey Russo as well. You got to develop a proof of concept. Like we we have to start; these pieces have to start making sense at some point. And even if it's just hey these two players develop chemistry and then we have a third guy that kind of we built off of that, whether it be Jetty Osmond cutting off ball um, or, or someone else there. Now you have a little bit of a foundation to build off of. You can draft guys that either can replicate what love does, um, but fit the timeline along with Garland or guys that, that can play off of that. I, I couldn't agree more. Something else I want to talk about if you're okay, moving on. Yeah. Um, so Beeline's offense um, is clearly still a work in progress. Yeah. Um, this this team is really learning. But you will note, ton of threes are going up right now. The Cavs have five players right now that are attempting at least four threes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, now, obviously, that won't happen as minutes get spread out and things change. But they actually have seven players that are taking at least two and a half. Eight players. No, ten because Dean Wade's taken two and a half. Mm-hmm. Ten players taking at least two and a half threes a game. So they are really getting shots up. Uh, they don't really know how to find shots in the offense yet. I, I'm i not seeing it as a cause for concern, but I'm interested to see what you think. Yeah, you can tell right now the players are thinking about running the offense. Not a whole lot is kind of happening happening organically. Like the, there's, It's just not natural or fluid. Uh, there, there has been good movement. Uh, they seem willing to move the ball, uh, even though Sexton isn't necessarily making kind of those next level reads. He's swinging the ball. He, he's letting other guys get touches, which I think is really, really important for him. Um, you know, and- you know what I always notice with when when a team's learning an offense, what they forget to finish plays. It's like they're so focused on running the set that they forget that their the set is designed to open up. <laughs> opportunities that you then attack yeah like there, there was one okay so i go here i catch it i screen for this guy okay uh i caught the ball at the top so then the next guy will flash up on the elbow it's like they're not like oh shit uh i have a lane <laughs> i should or i'm open i should shoot yeah there, there was one like that um against Detroit where they were running stuff, running stuff. And then they're like, shit, we need to get a shot up. And they just kind of threw it to love in the post. And I, I think he scored on that one, but I was like, uh, nothing you did prior to that set up that love post. Yeah. Score. It was like, uh, it was like a uh, Ty Lue's old, old weave play at the top that just <laughs> never yielded anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I do but, think your observation that they are getting up shots is a good one. Um, obviously it, Gar- it does seem to be the focus. Yeah, obviously Garland playing more than 14 minutes in three games uh, might help the Cavs hit more of those threes. Well, plus Jetty, Jesus Christ, a cool 7% from three. Yeah, Jetty's in a bit of a slump here these the last couple games. It it is a tough one for your boy. Yeah, before we talk about uh, Jetty, I mean, like just just for everyone to have a frame of reference, 
of NBA teams in this preseason because there's a lot of, uh, you know, random international squads out there. Cavs are 11th in three-point attempts. They're taking 37.3 a game. Uh, only 21 behind the Rockets, who are taking 58 threes a game. Jesus. Which is just absurd. But in fairness, like, if you look at last year's regular season, the Cavs only took 29 threes a game. That was good for 24th in the league. You really want to see them up towards the top because, one, that's a little higher variance, which will get them some wins when they get hot. Uh, and, two, uh, it's just a little – it fits this team's skill set much better. I mean, they are stocked with guys who, in theory, should be able to hit some threes. Yeah, get, getting those shots up does <laughs> – it really helps in the winning of games. Yeah, the, those shots count for more points than twos. Um, and when you're mostly just taking twos, as the Cavs did a lot of last season – um, that's really only going to work out if you have a lot of talent, which the Cavs also didn't have. <laughs> if, nope. uh, it wasn't the best scene, but uh, I, I am a little encouraged that they are getting those shots up there, and I hope that that's something that continues uh, as we get to the regular season. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think that uh, this is going to be a really interesting challenge for them to get up to speed, though, because this is fine in the preseason – but if you hit the regular season and it's this ugly where you're having 10, 11 turnover quarters, um, that stops being so okay and starts getting really, really frustrating really quick. And the worst thing that can happen is, and I don't think this will happen with this team because nobody has the requisite clout, but the worst thing that can happen is they give up. They stop trying to run this offense because they're not executing and you simplify and just say, okay, we're just going to run high pick and roll. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I am a little bit worried that this team just hasn't had a lot of time together with the, the guys that they're hoping to start. But who knows? Maybe we just need to get to the regular season. And if you were looking to ship an item to the <laughs> regular season, we got our friends That's at Ship Station. Yeah, that was, that, that was listen, I've had a long weekend. It's Thanksgiving weekend. I, I don't have I don't have a good brain today. So you're just going to have to deal with that. But yes. One of our sponsors today is ShipStation. When you're selling online, getting your orders out can be a real pain. It's time-consuming and expensive, and there's so many carriers to choose from. How do you know you're making the best choice? That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship your orders. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings all of your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. ShipStation works with all the major carriers, including the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, and even Amazon Fulfillment, so you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. And right now, Chase Down listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use offer code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter offer code BLUE. ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Justin, talking about Jetty Osmond's uh, inauspicious start, it's not easy. 
Neither is talking not. about neither is talking about erectile dysfunction. Usually guys just brush it off or blame it on themselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo, or we avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work, or the Cowboys uh, lost to the Jets, who were previously <laughs> winless. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medicine, it's simple, safe, and totally discreet, which is really the name of the game. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The doctor will work with you to find the best treatment plan medication is appropriate roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping whole process is straightforward simple and again discreet discreet i couldn't say the word but that's okay roman would forgive me getting started <laughs> is simple just go to getroman.com slash blue wire and complete an online visit erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. i just like to note, I bet this was written for a uh, football podcast. Tough to tackle. Mm. More like tough to defend in the pick and roll. <laughs> just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash man we uh we are not in regular season form when it comes to the ad reads i was fine with it i thought that was a fine i i think i think it's a disservice to roman if i don't go off on the same tangents i do for everything else (laughs) you're right you're right i want to give one free ad read though to our friends that do the ad read podcast oh my god it is it is the highest fucking art that you could ever hear. <laughs> Just search bearded gentleman music. We, Carter and I, our bad ad reads have inspired a podcast that is only ad reads, only fake yeah, so, ad reads. And my so, God. Yeah, the, the premise is that in, in lieu of content, all they do are, all it is, is, is a series of ad reads for companies that don't exist. Uh, it is the most abstract and strange thing that I've ever loved. Uh, it was amazing. Uh, it, it is amazing. And you guys absolutely need uh, at least finish the episode out. I promise we're not going to hold you too much longer, but please uh, subscribe to the ad read podcast uh, from our good friend space fun Mars. Yeah, on shout out Kendon. Shout out. Kendon. Because that shit is nuts. Uh, it, it, I really think that that is one of our highest accomplishments. Is, well, bro, it every now and again, like, like, because I think we're both pretty weird dudes, and we are pretty. <laughs> I would say so. And like, we can like, we can go on a funny tangent that's like a little more, a little off the beaten path. But then, like, you see, you hear stuff like that, and you just think, like, oh, I'm not interesting at all because I didn't <laughs> have that idea. <laughs> I thought I might be interesting, but I'm not. Oh. Do you find uh, Jetty's little slump here interesting, or is this just some case of it's preseason? If the Cavs mattered, which I know they don't, but let's 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 pretend there's an alternative world where the Cavs matter. Okay. Could you imagine Colin Cowherd going, Jetty Osman? Ever since missing those two free throws against Team USA, he's got the yips. <laughs> he's afraid in big moments. It would be some version of that, wouldn't it? 
he's really got a good spittle going when he's talking at all times. It's like, like, it's like he just like, he's just always got a little bit of a wet mouth. And I said that on purpose. <laughs> That's an art form doing, doing a show like that on your own. I, well, I can never do that. Yeah, I just want to talk to whoever built the set because it's the worst set that's ever been built. Please go on this tangent. I love this take. It's my favorite tangent. I'm sure people have listened to it as I have heard it before because basically we're just recycling material at this point. But the set is, he's like a god looming above his guests to the point where like they are just getting like, they're just getting cucked as a guest on a show. (laughs) It's amazing. I want a former president to go on the herd with Colin Cowherd on on FS1 because the idea of like Barack Obama like like craning his head upwards to look at Cowherd on high, <laughs> caked in seven pounds of makeup. I mean, the production of that show is just insane. I mean, maybe it's not a bad set, but it's at the least a disrespectful set. <laughs> You didn't answer my question. Are you concerned with Jenny? Oh, no, no. Um, I mean, I feel like last year did a good job of like pouring a little water on our excitement for Jetty. Like, okay, he's mostly going to be a role player. Like his finishing is just probably never going to be great. Are you and kidding it, me? Last year, last year got me more encouraged. I thought it was yeah, just for but that's fun. You're, but that's because you're crazy. Well, no, no, no. Like from January on, Jetty was good. Like Here, I thought, Jen, I thought Jetty, Jetty would just is, be a fun, fun story, fun guy to root for. And he's he established himself as a rotation player, which was all I was really hoping for. I mean, oh, I don't yeah. anticipate him being Bullshit. a long term starter here. Bullshit. That's exactly what you were hoping for going into the year. Then he was terrible for the first half of the year, like everyone else was, and then he got hot. And you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, he's great. I I think Jetty will always be. Like if the jumper is good, he looks so good because he does all these other little things that make you feel really, really good to be rooting for him. Plus he's just so endearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when the jumper is icy, he doesn't look very good. Uh, and he's shooting 7%. He's getting up four and a half threes a game. He's hitting like 0.06 of them. Actually just 0.6, but 0.06 is funnier. Um so like he's looked bad, but like I just I don't think his jumper's broken, so I'm not worried because like I think he'll be fine. I think it's a weird year. I think when he's when his jumper has gone in, I thought oh that looked pretty good. So you know ultimately I I just think Jetty is going to be a guy that we can count on all year to mm-hmm. at least be solid uh, yeah. as fans. And uh, I guess he, if you he were was he was fine if, against Argentina. He was. Uh, not not as good against Detroit. I thought he played a good game outside of the shots not going down, and then Boston was just a nightmare. Like Boston was yeah, Boston another was reminder when of when you do not have the vet really really bad, and, and it wouldn't look this bad because a lot of the guys that played um, like fifteen plus minutes tonight aren't going to be on the team. Uh, but it, it's still it, it's not a good scene. It, it really really isn't, and you need some of those veterans to to make this team make any sort of sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I to that end, I just think I think Jay's gonna be fine. You know, I I I know it's not a particularly interesting answer, but that's how I feel. So shut up. Like, <laughs> uh, I I just think that he's gonna he is always going to be kind of he's gonna look as good as his jumper is, and 
it hasn't looked good recently, but that doesn't mean it's not going to look good moving forward. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a fair take. What What are your thoughts of uh, Kim Porter Jr.? Because, uh, I, I mean, I could launch into my tangent, but I, I think it, we're probably best yeah. off if you start first. You know what, babe? Go ahead and cook. <laughs> I want I want to hear what you think first. So my first impression of KPBJ is that he plays better team basketball when there's talent out there. Like I, I thought he makes good decisions when he's playing alongside Love or Garland or or even Sexton. And then when he's with the bench, it's almost like he looks around and is like, none of these dudes are as talented as me. And you start to see some of that kind of immature isolation basketball that um, he, he's been criticized for in the past. Um, I, I think he looks imp- like he is already an NBA athlete. Like that guy is a freak athlete, and we just haven't had a lot of those. Uh, so that's really nice. Uh, I think he's a, a confident player. He, he's done a lot of nice things, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of hit or miss for him. I, I think – uh, until he really develops some of that consistency offensively, it, it's going to be a mixed bag and kind of similar to what we've had in, in the past with Jordan Clarkson. Yeah, I think that, um, first off, I don't think the hair works for him. Oh, I like the hair. I don't think the hair works. I think it's a little too too big and a little too wild. And it, I think he actually looks really, really young because he's kind of got that skinny frame. I think a, a more restrained cut would would be better for him. I think it's just a little too much. Um, so that's that's take one. Um, take two is boy, he does not like shooting with his right hand or going right or doing anything right-handed at all. No, he <laughs> like, uh, he is very anti-right hand. It's uh, that's that is yeah, he's one hundred percent a thing. Uh, so if if he does have an early if he does have early success, um, just warning you guys, uh, expect a bit of a rookie wall as teams start to say, nope, you're going to have to use the other hand. Um, and he's going to be really uncomfortable with it to start off, and that's okay. Uh, I think he. Lo- I think you're definitely right. I think he's totally an NBA athlete. I think his feel for the game is a little better than I thought it would be. Like He's definitely scored off a few cuts that I did not expect that guys like him don't normally score off of. Um, yeah. Cuts are like cuts are the thing that are that's the skill that nobody recognizes as a skill. They just think it's like a, a work hard type thing. Mm-hmm. No, being um, able to move off ball, and that was something I argue with Tristan too. And, and knowing that, when to cut, you know, like yeah. knowing exactly like because like I'll say this: like even when I like not that I am an NBA level athlete, but like I when I play pickup ball, like that has never been a strength of mine. Is like knowing exactly when the defense falls asleep for you to go get get behind him and, and get a, a cut baseline. And, like, it, it. so when you see someone who is making those reads and, and, and using their athleticism to accomplish that, I think that's a good indicator for IQ. I just – I think the less he's on ball as a lead ball handler, the better. Yeah. One thing I found really interesting, after the Detroit game, I watched uh, some of his college highlights – and you can tell he's already made some changes there. His base is a little bit wider. Um, and a, on a lot of the corner threes in college, he would kind of, one of his legs, his back leg would kind of cross over. His body was turning. Um, you, you can tell that the Cavs have already worked with him a fair bit to improve his footwork, 
Um, his, his shot has a little bit less of a hitch, although it is still fairly prominent. Um, but you can tell that he's already been somewhat receptive to that kind of stuff. And I do think that he's going to find a little bit more consistency as a shooter by having that sound base. Um, but I, I think your observation about the, the right hand is one that a lot of people have made. And that's, that's really going to slow him down as someone that's, um, if you are counting on him to generate offense for the team, that's going to be a problem. Like, yeah, I, I can see him scoring for himself. But if you actually want this to be a guy that maybe runs a few offensive sets with the second unit, I don't think he's going to be able to do that until he's kind of rounded out his, his game offensively. Yep, and that's fine. Uh, other than that, I think he looks – I mean, he's big. He's tall. But he is very, very skinny, I think. I think any small forward dreams should probably be deferred until next year um, because he's just going to get bullied. I, I think he can players. play some just because, just out of necessity. Like, yeah, I mean, I think he will play there. I think dreams of him being a good small forward. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, let's be realistic. None of these guys are, are old enough to be good, especially on the defensive end. Where I'm just kind of hoping more, more yeah. that the offense makes sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, but, yeah, I – I mean, I'm as encouraged as you can be from a 30th overall pick. I mean, he's not, like, lighting it up, but the Cavs are so lost offensively right now that it's kind of hard to imagine a world in which he should feel look super good. Like, I, I kind of didn't go into this preseason expecting anyone to be lighting the world on fire, and for the most part, that's been pretty much the case. Like, they've looked kind of ugly. Um, they are – I think they're going to – surprise some people based on how they look now because i think they're going to look much better in a couple weeks um we've already got people on twitter saying that they're going to be the worst team in the league by at least five games so <laughs> fucking yikes um yikes, but bro. but you know i i do think this is a team that's going to get better over the course of the year as long as bayline can can hold on to the team because Worst case scenario is you lose them, and then we're in, we're talking big trouble. No, no, I completely agree, and I, I think we're going to see the uh, what I guess is kind of the the final dress rehearsal on Tuesday. I would I would anticipate them using a bit more of a normal rotation. Balen has said that he wants to do to a ten to twelve man rotation. Um, I would anticipate that you're going to see uh, Sexton with Jetty, Love, and Tristan. And then who knows, maybe, maybe Garland uh, either earns that spot or maybe that's something that you're not going to see until you're about a week or, or so into the regular season. But I, I think uh, him just not having a lot of time practicing with the team is, is really factoring in there. But at the same time, the, the glimpses that we've seen of him out there, he, he's looked like the best option. And some of that is just yeah, Delhi looks awful and, and Brandon Knight – has kind of looked okay as a scorer, but not not great with anything else. Yeah, I mean, Dally's just in the middle of reworking his jumper, which is hard because, like, even though his jumper is not always consistent in his in its slingshot form, he could have like a couple weeks of it looking good. And when you rework your jumper from the ground up, like he clearly is right now, it's going to look really ugly in the short term. Uh, I, I'm still actually, I'm I'm forever going to be higher on Delhi than you just because I think this team needs adults in the room on the mm -hmm. floor like yeah. guys who understand how offenses are supposed to work and can go to the right spots make the right passes and get you into sets which is like 
really an indictment of like the readiness of the rest of the roster to do that stuff less than a compliment to Delhi, but like he can do that stuff. And I don't really trust Brandon Knight. I've never loved Brandon Knight's feel for the game. Um, Mm -hmm. and I trust Delhi to, it's like a bit of a culture thing where you want to reward guys who work really hard and play exactly the right way on top of the fact that I just think like the team always feels like they flow a little better with Delhi out there just because he knows how to be an NBA player, even if his skill set is rarely in, <laughs> as, as aligned with uh, his effort level. Yeah, yeah. I just want to see the passes a, a little more on target. He, he's thrown a couple of those lobs to Tristan that are just kind of a little bit of an overthrow, and and he just hasn't he hasn't been as sharp as he I, has been in I, the past. I, but again, that that could be just preseason. Can I posit a theory as to why you're aggressively hard on Delhi? What's that? Because so many dumb people try to say he was better than Kyrie. Oh my God, Carter! What a fresh you, you joked about us recycling shit before. Good Lord, did you dig? You went way back for that one, eh? I, I think I think that's why you don't like him. I I think I've moved past that. Carter. I don't I don't think you move past anything, Justin. <laughs> you're a petty I, I motherfucker, am... and you know it. <laughs> I am relentlessly petty. What can I say? And, but and, uh, and some of that bleeds into your subconscious. You know maybe. it does. It, it's certainly plus possible. you hate people on Twitter. That's another thing. I do hate a lot of people. I I, I think, uh, yeah, that that's fairly. You've been very healthy recently, though. You've been on. You've been pruning that timeline, and I'm proud of you. Oh yeah, there's been some good pruning going on, but uh, yeah, just uh, looking to get in shape for the regular season. Uh, we will have another podcast. We'll record after Tuesday's dress rehearsal. That that's the last preseason game, right? I'm not missing any. Uh who's to say? Who's to say? It sounds like I'm not a doctor. Uh, I will say, Justin, we're going to have to have a late one that night. We're going for a little birthday dinner for your boy. Oh, shit. Look at you go. Mm -hmm. So so start thinking about what you're going to get me. Well, you didn't wish me a happy Thanksgiving, so I'm not going to wish you a happy birthday. That is the That's last Cavs preseason game. Uh, their, their second leg of this back-to-back against Boston. Hopefully they look a little bit better. Hopefully we get to see uh, Sexland starting with Jetty, Love, and Tristan. That would be a lot of fun. But uh, we will uh, have our reactions to that game on Tuesday. Uh, we are back to two days a week. Um, I think the following week we'll we'll probably do Sunday and Wednesday just so that we can get that first Cavs game of the uh, regular season uh, covered uh, with what the is, podcast. What is the first game of the year? Uh, that is the the Wednesday. I think that's the twenty third. Okay, I can probably do that one. I'm going out of town the next week. Oh well, there you go. Uh, I so nervous. I suddenly got very nervous that I was going to miss the first fucking game of the season. I was going to be so bummed. <laughs> a very quality uh show meeting on podcast i'm 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 glad that we did that listen uh, anyone who's here now they're 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 with us they're okay with this i think <laughs> and we appreciate that support uh remember if you want to support the podcast the best way to do so is by leaving a rating leave a review subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe and help cook those books uh if you want to be part of our exclusive discord chat you can send a screenshot of your review to chase at gmail.com We'd be more than happy to send a link to you there. Uh, So we're excited to get this going. The regular season is just around the corner. And uh, I I, I can't wait. I I think this is going to be better than those haters that say that this is easily the worst team in the league. Uh, 
Uh, so, so thanks again to our listeners. Thanks to Carter. And until next time, go Cavs.